I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBAO. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls, driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So this is the first week we have our incredibly awesome, tiny new mics that producer Richard got us. They, it, I just want to reflect on a moment for a moment before we get into like the real craziness that's going on. But how much everything has improved since when we started this podcast four years ago. It's like the dinosaur age, like, you know, the age of the dinosaurs where I like all these cables and like a really giant bag that I'd schlep everywhere and like how to watch videos on how everything fit together. And now we have this mic that is like the size of like an eyeshadow compact. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I remembered to pack it. I am coming to you live this week from a, uh, in, in a Weston in an undisclosed location. <laughs> Honestly, I've been on a plane every day this week. I don't even know what city I'm in. Yeah. Um, can you can you smell the white tea aroma of the Weston coming through the audio? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's going to be good. Step to be up from like the chocolate here. cookies or you know the other kinds of things one sometimes yeah. gets um, at check in. Anyway, that is not none of this is the subject of. Today, there is a lot happening very much today in the polls today. What are the top lines, Kristen? This week's top lines, Elizabeth Warren's plan seems to be working. She's continuing to creep up in the polls in the Democratic primary from a national perspective. We'll take a dive into some of that data. And then it's impeachment season. House Democrats this week announced that they will begin opening an inquiry into impeaching the president. Um, We will dive into the multitude of polls that are out there asking in so many different ways where Americans stand on impeachment. And then the stakes are so high these days. How do people like their steak? Uh, we've got some more of this great like visual polling. Uh, how do you eat your food stuff? But this time, last week, it was about bananas. This week, we're going into steaks. What is the proper way to eat a steak? Very important cool. stuff. So, uh, so first, speaking of the dinosaur age, what is this dinosaur in so before we started recording, I threw some odds and ends into the script, some little things that are relevant in polling world that I, I wanted to talk about. This is not relevant in polling world, but it's relevant in Margie and my world. Um, did you watch the Emmys this past weekend? No, I did not. So our boy Richard Madden of The Body oh, yes. Uh, yes. he was snubbed. He was not off uh, nominated for Best Actor, uh, Best Lead Actor. This was this is an affront to justice and humanity because um, he's so great. So he did not attend the Emmys. You know, the rest of the Game of Thrones cast was all there. I mean, he'd gotten killed off on Game of Thrones a while before, but he did not go to the Emmys. And instead, his like, I don't need to go to the Emmys flex, if you will, was mm-hmm. he made an amazing Lego T-Rex and watched the Grand Prix and Instagrammed this. And that just, that's like, he really won Sunday, you know, even though he wasn't at the Emmys, that's a pretty <laughs> great day, way to have a day. He looks like, I mean, yeah, it's got it all. He's like watching some relaxing television. He's Okay, so something. I'm glad He's- we've now, we've now covered the important Richard Madden Emmys T-Rex update. Um, yeah. Only other Emmys news is Fleabag, the show that you persuaded me to watch. 
yeah. like cleaned up at the Emmys. So that's yeah. exciting. So maybe more people who had not watched it yet will uh, take an opportunity to check it out. Did you feel like you just got in there right at the exact last possible minute to fully appreciate it before it completely explodes? Yes. I Like it, I was right in under the wire, but I get to feel that sense of like smug superiority that I saw it before the Emmys made it blow up. So you're welcome. Thank you for that. For that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I will thank a couple guys on Facebook for making sure I watched it. So yes. <laughs> the other two, uh, just polling odds and ends this week. There's a, a cool story in the LA Times that that ran earlier this week about um, Fox News's polling unit, which we've talked about on the show before, but I loved this article because it sort of explains why is it that Fox News, which is obviously not a favorite network of, of Democrats generally, why is it that their polling is included as a qualifying poll for the DNC? Like, why, why is it that their polling unit tends to have a they are nonpartisan kind of reputation, even when the network itself, uh, you know, tends to not be beloved by, by many folks who are progressive? Um, and so it's, I, I would highly recommend check it out. They have some great quotes from just, I adore Chris Steyerwalt so much. And he talks about their nerd aquarium of all of the numbers geeks they have there who are behind the scenes, who you might never see, um, but who, you know, understand that the president's going to tweet mean things about them because he wants Fox to be nice to him and they don't really care. They're just there to do numbers. So uh, check that out. And then last but not least in my little odds and ends section, um, Today is, uh, or earlier this week, I guess, was the rollout of a new um, Apple iOS operating system, which will give people the opportunity to silence calls from numbers that are not in your phone's contacts. So a stranger, spammers, you know, I get calls all the time from my cell phone's area code followed by, you know, seven random numbers. That's how these spammers and scammers try to get you. The polling relevance to this is. It's going to be real hard to get cell phone complete snap from people with Apple uh, iPhones. So that's great. Um, get excited for online polls, guys. Phone polling is dying. It's really happening. I mean, are we going to have to like, I know you're going to have to have like a quota or <laughs> overweight or upweight people with iOS 13. Like, I mean, that's quite... Yeah, that's quite a thing. Phone, huh? phone polling is a nightmarish hellscape. That's my one sentence, my one sentence <laughs> summary of it. Uh, it's not great. It's not great. But um, I don't even know if I've updated my phone yet. I'm frankly excited about the setting at a personal level and terrified about the setting at a professional level. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, I just happened to update my phone yesterday. I had to get a new phone, and 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 I as all I saw all these tweets coming out, and I but I have not yet noticed. I think I just got a spam call like as we've been recording. So I don't think it's completely foolproof yet, but there's probably some setting I haven't adjusted yet. Okay, well, those are some good updates from the world of what's on Kristen's mind. Um, my, uh, you know, I haven't noticed yet any new, I guess, how would you know if you were getting fewer spam calls? But one day into my new iOS, it feels more or less the same. Um, but let's turn, shall we, to what is happening in the political climate. The political climate is not really just about iOS 13 and Fleabag. We would be very lucky if that were the case. There is a variety of other stuff going on. I guess we should first check in with the Democratic primary. There's been a lot of 
you know, new polling in the last, you know, week or so that have shown a uh, surge for Elizabeth Warren, Biden staying the same, you know, the overall trends not being dramatically different from where they've been the last couple of weeks, but that pattern essentially continuing to hold. There was one poll that showed Yang at eight, which made the rounds. What what does it look like? How does this look from the Republican side, Kristen? Well, I, I think the Emerson poll, and I, I want to, I'm going to verify this while we're talking because I, I mostly see the Emerson poll numbers pop up in Logan Dobson's feed. Uh, oh yes, this is the one that had Yang at eight. Uh, Emerson poll Yang. When you type in Emerson poll, the next thing that comes up is uh, Emerson poll Yang. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the reason I think I always see this poll in Logan Dobson's Twitter feed is because I believe he has like a personal vendetta against it. Um, and part of this is because, ah, yes, here we are. This is how they do their survey. It is an IVR system of landlines only, N of 667, and an online panel provided by Amazon Turk. So do you know what Amazon Turk is? Yeah, we've talked about it a yeah. little bit, but you should bring it up again. You so yeah, so so Amazon Turk is essentially, let's say you have a project where you have a ton of like little tasks you need done. You can hire Amazon Turk and it's it's like tons of people out there who will do these like tidy little tasks for you for very cheap. So think of it like you could go on TaskRabbit and pay someone money to organize your closet or stand in line for you at a restaurant or whatever people use TaskRabbit for. Amazon Turk is like, you can hire people to do like really little tasks. Like you can hire them to, hey, I need you to like for every one of my open ends that you code in a survey. Like I've got a thousand open ends for each one that you code into one of these six categories, you make, you know, a couple cents or whatever it is. So you could technically go to the Amazon Turk panel and say, hey, I just want you to answer these survey questions. Um, but it is not clear to me that Amazon Turk is representative demographically of people who don't have landline phones. So to me, this is a very curious way to conduct a survey. And perhaps it is the case that people who are Amazon Turk poll taker task doers are also in the Yang gang are in the Yang gang. Um, so I would just like to put that out there. I'm sure the folks at Emerson are lovely, but it is a very unorthodox methodology. And I think that should be flagged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you always see that kind of pushback against Emerson when, you know, when their latest polls come out, sometimes they are consistent with what other polls are showing. Sometimes they're not, you know, the aggregators are usually agnostic about these kinds of things. So they're included. I think, you know, it doesn't seem likely to me that Yang is at 8%. That's an outlier. Clearly, we'd have to see other polls that show that before we would say anything. But again, you know, we've spoken about this before. Polls that show something different from what other people have seen get reported on or get talked about more than the ones that are consistent with the last set of polls. Um, But be that as it may, um, you know, I think the kind of overall trend of where Warren's been the last couple of weeks relative to other folks in the field, that continues to be true with the last rash of polls that have come out over the last couple of days. Um, the, has there been anything in any of the state-based polling? I, I don't think we have any of it in our, um, I, cause there just isn't, there, there tends not to be as much of the state-based polling 
at this stage of the game. But have has anything did anything come across your? Uh- yes. So there was a Des Moines Register CNN poll that came out over the weekend, and that had. Uh, Warren up two um, over Biden. She was at 22. Biden was at 20. Sanders at 11. Um, and then I think there was a new New Hampshire poll. That's Monmouth. And that also has Warren up two um, over Biden. She was at 27 and he was at 25. Now, these are not big differences. These are basically ties. Um, but those are the most recent state polls that we've seen. Got it. So the the only other thing I would add on the Democratic primary front is oh there was a Nevada poll I guess I didn't I missed there was a Nevada poll that came out I guess a couple of days ago I didn't I didn't see this one and that had Biden up four got it got it got it well so it seems like the Warren you know slightly ticking up uh, is it's not just a national phenomenon um, so we'll see it does that sustain itself through the next debate does that suddenly put a target on her back in a way that means that you know because again there have not been too many folks that in these democratic primary debates have really gone after one another too much with the exception of Kamala Harris going after Joe Biden that one time um over busing and Tulsi Gabbard kind of going after Kamala Harris on her record as a prosecutor but but by and large these have been you know relatively civil affairs. Uh, So we'll see if anybody uh, decides they're going to start sort of trying to draw a stronger contrast between Biden or Warren, or if Biden and Warren try to draw a stronger contrast between one another um, in these upcoming debates. Uh, The last thing for just the Democratic primary side, so Echelon, we did our monthly omnibus survey. um, And uh, Patrick uh, put together some pretty interesting charts where we asked a bunch of questions about uh, questions about some hot button social issues, um, things like, do you support or oppose the death penalty? Um, do you, how do you, where do you stand on slavery reparations, an abortion ban at 20 weeks, those sorts of things, um, transgender bathrooms, marijuana legalization, um, an abortion ban at six weeks, uh, LGBT workplace discrimination, and tried to figure out sort of where do folks stand on these issues. And when you looked at where Republicans stood on the issues, whether you were a Republican college grad or not, did not have a huge amount of difference in how you saw things. Um, there was a, a somewhat of a, a gap on college versus non-college Republicans on illegal immigrants. There was a uh, on legalization of marijuana. There's a slight gap. But for the most part, they're pretty clustered together. Where for Democrats, there are really big differences between non-college whites, college whites, African-Americans, Latinos, that that sort of views on some of these hot button uh, cultural issues is is pretty widespread. Um, so this just to me is pretty fascinating because, you know, when you look at the polls, issues like healthcare, economic issues tend to be very top of mind. Um, but on the Democratic side, there, you know, not all the candidates are in the same place on some of these issues. And so to what extent do these become bigger wedges, things that that sort of differentiate one candidate from the other. Uh, I just thought that the, the chart Patrick put together is pretty fascinating. So you can find it at the um, at Echelon Insights Twitter account. Um, you can see where these divides exist um, on the Democratic side, as well as where the divides exist on the Republican side. And the other thing that I would point out is banning LGBT workplace discrimination is something that there's actually quite a bit of consensus on the Republican side about in in favor of saying you cannot uh, you cannot discriminate against LGBT people in the workplace. So I just thought you know that that issue was very different from a whole bunch of other sort of social and hot button issues 
amongst Republicans um, thought that was just an interesting finding. I wanted to point it out. Yeah, no, that is interesting. I wonder if that had, if that question had been about like masterpiece bakery, like the cake, you know, sure businesses can behave. Would that have changed? You know, would you see more variation there? I don't know. Um, so good news. I mean, that's not kind of where we were, you know, 15 years ago. So I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and you still see, I mean, on on issues like for instance, the transgender bathroom ban, you still see most Republicans, college grad and non-college grad tending more, uh, to say that they oppose or pardon me, that they support a transgender bathroom ban. So there, you know, it's, it's not all things that fall under the LGBT issues umbrella are viewed the same by Republicans. Um, but I, and I think this sort of chart really lays out that even on the issue of, um, LGBT rights, there is a wide range of views among Republicans per issue. Um, but but that Republicans themselves all tend to be clustered fairly close together, regardless of demographic breaks. Like that's not the thing that's dividing Republicans. Right, right, right. Interesting. Interesting. You know, there was something, I think it was in 538, where they looked at uh, the difference and overlap as hoodenly between moderates, independents, and undecideds, people who are undecided in 2020, that they were not all kind of the same thing, That they're, which, you know, is obvious if you kind of look at these things, but there's obviously overlap. And what's the you know, how do these different groups intersect and how do they differ from each other on, you know, various kinds of ideological tests and issue positions and how there was a lot of variety, but, you know, what people, you know, people who consider themselves independent can be kind of all over the place. People consider themselves moderate or actually a little bit democratic because of kind of the word moderate versus liberal over time and how that's evolved and changed and people who are undecided are different still, you know, so that, that's not this chart, but it was also in, it's just interesting and in like, how is there, how are these labels specific, precise or not? Well, how are things looking for the general election now? Because we, you know, there's still, uh, my sense is there's not a huge difference in the polls of Trump versus whomever, with the exception of name ID being higher for someone like Biden versus Warren versus Sanders. Um, but that most of the variation you see is on, you know, Trump tends to trail most of the Democrats um, who are sort of the big name Democrats in these hypothetical primary election matchups. He tends to poll in the low to mid 40s, not too far away from where his job approval number is. Um, and that mostly these Democratic numbers, it seems to me that the, the competition there is that, you know, Warren versus, I don't know, Sanders versus, I don't know, Biden. Most people know who he is, so they have a view one way or another. What's your take on how things are looking in terms of the general election polling? I mean, you know, we've had obviously a roiling week or so, and these poll numbers are not going to reflect what's happened in the last couple of days, even though the field, there may be some overlapping and fielding. It's just, the you know, public opinion is not quite that as sensitive. Um, but, you know, it's, we still see the president at a disadvantage. The president is more, you know, is typically losing compared to most, you know, of the candidates in the field. Um, and his approval rating continues to be underwater. Now, you know, are there good days and bad days and better polls and less good polls? Sure. Um, but it still shows a president in trouble. That is, you know, that's, that's unchanged. Um, which is, I think, a reasonable segue into what we're going to discuss after the break. But, you know, I don't see kind of a new a new pattern here where he is, you know, either took a major hit from the Ukraine news and his 
you know, Giuliani interview from CNN a couple of days ago and that whole back and forth as this was erupting as some of these polls were in the field. You don't really see that reflected here. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens next. Um, they're not good numbers. I mean, they continue to not be good numbers. Yeah. I mean, his his job approval overall, I remember a time on this show when I used to joke that he was going to be Mr. 40%, but he just could never get his job approval out of the 30s. And then he hit 40. And then now he's he's Mr. 45% this week, according to the averages. Rasmussen reports is included in these averages. And we have, you know, already discussed that, you know, Rasmussen tends to be the, the pollster that has a house advantage for Trump. Um, so, you know, that being at 53% is certainly like you've attached a balloon to the tread line and it's lifting it up slightly. Um, but you also have, you know, NBC Wall Street Journal with him at 45, um, Emerson with him at 48, Fox News polling with him at 45. So he's now, I mean, it's not just one poll that's showing him at 45. There, there are a number of polls that are all showing him in that position. However, most of these came out of the field before this whole Ukraine story had really blossomed into everything that has come out in the last day or two. Um, so as ever, this is where the numbers stand now, doesn't mean that they'll stay there forever. And, and certainly, you know, his numbers had been stable for a while. If anything was going to dislodge them, it'll be interesting to see if this is it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we're going to take a break and then we'll get to what is happening right now on impeachment. Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. Okay, so we're back. And, you know, we spent some time talking about Legos and, you know, different house effects and what have you. <laughs> and But there's like a big thing that is happening right now. It's like, who knows what has evolved even since we started recording. And that is a movement on impeachment um, that started the, you know, that really started, started yesterday. We're recording Today is Wednesday, yesterday on Tuesday. Um, this was obviously a really big conversation. You had a lot of members of Congress on the Democratic side coming forward. Um, and then this morning before we recorded, you had uh, President Trump releasing the transcripts from his conversation uh, on the Ukraine and, and a lot of people finding that uh, damaging. Um, so there have been a variety of polls and conversations about polls. Um, it's amazing to me. We'll talk about this the question wording differences and there's a lot of, there's clearly differences based on how the question is asked and people should pay attention to how the question is asked. Not that there's a right way or a wrong way, but just there are differences and we'll see how those differences matter more or less as we, you know, move forward with this. But, you know, what's your take as you look at the overall polling right now? I mean, I still believe that at this point, there's a reason why Republicans seem to generally be like, hey, this is going to be politically advantageous for us, that you see so many Republicans, you know, the NRCC, NRSC sort of celebrating, you know, saying, hey, members, you know, you you guys who are on the, the you know, in the suburban districts that were just picked up, um, now you get to explain this to your constituents. And so Republicans internally are feeling uh, pretty, pretty up 
upbeat about it, I think that's a bit premature. Um, just because I think with the Mueller investigation, there was a sense of, you know, was it too, was it, was it confusing? Was it complicated? Was it, you know, it took place over a long period of time, you know, ultimately at the end of it, when the report came out, the president's job approval didn't sink as a result of the conclusions that came out about that report, regardless of what you think about the contents, the political implications were, did not really harm the president much. Um, If anything, you know, it's sort of, when it came out, Republicans felt like, hey, good, we can move on. Look, this, uh, you know, exoneration, what have you. So just purely from the polling standpoint, I mean, I, I don't think that what is, what's been revealed in the transcripts, et cetera, this is not good. Um, this is not the sort of thing that I think most Americans, if you showed them the transcript and said, do you think that this is something the president should be doing? Yes or no, that they would say yes. Um, but I still think, you know, when you ask people like back, Quinnipiac asked back in, uh, back in July, do you think that Congress should begin the process to impeach President Trump, which could lead to his removal from office? Uh, by 62 to 28, independents said no. Even 29% of Democrats said didn't think so. So when you include that word removed from office, that you, you start to get like 60 some percent of independents going, no, 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 no. Um, however, when you just ask about should an inquiry be open to begin investigating and exploring, like the less severe the impeachment process sounds in a question, um, the more people are like, well, sure, let's let's go get some more information. That's not such a big deal. So I fully expect the politics of this to play out such that Republicans will want to say, look, these Democrats, they're pursuing the, the, they're trying to get Trump out of office. Look, they are trying to pursue impeachment. And I think that for many Americans, when they think of what does impeachment mean, I, I would assume, and this would be a really interesting open end or question for someone to throw on there. Like, what do you think impeachment means? Do you think impeachment means Congress's process for holding the president accountable? Or do you think impeachment means how we get presidents out of office in between elections? Like, which is the first thing that comes to mind when they hear that word impeachment? Um, just to see, you know, and then look at the crosstabs and, and what does that mean? You know, people who think impeachment means one thing versus another, where do they stand? Um, you've also, I, I saw you you tweet out yesterday something that was funny, which was like, is your question a two-way or a three-way? Does it talk about removal or not removal? You know, if you have um, a three-way question where people can say impeach, drop it, or let's keep the matter open, you know, you can say that there's a plurality at least for um, saying, well, even if we're not impeaching him, let's at least continue investigating. Um, so I'm hopeful that a lot of pollsters will keep their question wording constant and a week from now go back into the field and see how numbers have moved in the wake of this Ukraine news. Because all of the last times these impeachment questions have been asked, it has mostly been in the, has the stuff that he's done regarding you know, reports on the business entanglements or Michael Cohen or Russia, you know, it, it, all of that stuff. This Ukraine thing is new and it's it's more contemporary and does it involve him offer, you know, p- people, are, does it count as a quid pro quo is what you saw in the transcript seem like, I mean, those are things that are still needing to be resolved. So, you know, I think, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said in terms of looking at the question we're Here, Here's what I see when I look at this and a couple other things that have come out. I mean, first, you know, the, I mean, I think the wording is likely very sensitive. I mean, Monmouth's question is, do you think President Trump should be impeached and compelled to leave the presidency? 
There in June, you had 35, think you should be, 59, don't. Quinnipiac has really seemed to be doing a lot of experimentation on this. It's not clear if the timing makes the results different or the question wording. They have this you know, brand new one that came out today, impeached and removed from office, um, which is you know a higher bar. Um, then they have one from July, which could lead to his removal from office, which you know, it has similar numbers, but is important distinction there. Then they have a question. Um, does he deserve to be, regardless of whether you think Congress should begin the process, do you think he deserves to be impeached? There, Quinnipiac in June showed it basically even. Um, do you think that they, Congress should investigate or determine whether or not to bring impeachment charges? That's also basic, was also basically divided in June. So again, from Quinnipiac. So really big differences in how the question is asked and what we find, what people find. I have seen a question about, to your point of, you know, what do people think uh, impeachment means? And it was a little bit different than the one you, you know, wrote off the cuff. And it was like, Speaker Pelosi thinks that people don't know what impeachment means. What do you think impeachment means? Which is kind of an odd way to kind of enter that conversation. And it was like, you know, I forget what the categories were, but it was a little bit different than, than how you phrased it. You know, I think some people will probably be asking something about that too. Um, and, you know, then there's a new poll and I, I don't think you mentioned this one and this came out today and I think it was, you know, it might've been done just kind of overnight or in the last day or so. This was uh, YouGov. If uh, President Trump sus- suspended military aid to Ukraine in order to incentivize the country's officials to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, and his son, would you support or impose impeachment? Now, I recognize that's a completely different kind of question. It's not sort of, you know, it's not a neutral like impeachment, yes or no, support or oppose. It's like if this thing happened and it doesn't have the like, you know, the Trump administration says X and then what do you think? It's like if this happens you know, if this is the finding, what would be, what would you then conclude, right? And uh, then it had that they found 44% strongly support impeachment, just as strongly, another 11% somewhat support and oppose both strongly and somewhat is just a quarter. And in that framework, you have, you know, about a third of Republicans say they'd strongly or somewhat report a support impeachment in that scenario. Um, and that's, you know, interesting. And we'll just see if that's, you know, this is just a quick poll and obviously there's a lot still to happen, but it's an interesting finding to see where, where folks, you know, there, it just shows an opening with Republicans. It doesn't mean that that's where they will end up. It just shows an opening um, with Republicans. And and so I think all of these things are worth looking at and considering, you know, how the question wording is different in, across outlets. I wouldn't, you know, for folks who are looking at like Morning Consult does, you know, had a tracking trend line in there story and it just showed their numbers and it showed, you know, people generally opposed. Um, and, uh, you know, 538, you know, did a tracking where they kind of looked like they were aggregating polls from a variety of different outlets and regardless of their question wording. And they show something similar to what Morning Console show, which is a kind of, you know, slight but not dramatic uptick in the percentage of people who oppose impeachment. We'll see if now the fact that it's happening, it changes. If as information comes out, does it change? And then we really need to keep in mind the question wording because, you know, this is new stuff for everybody. And, 
you know, it's not that one question is right or wrong. It's just, you know, they're asking slightly different things. Yeah, I think this is, I think the other thing to bear in mind is that the political implications of this are going to be much more interesting at a congressional district by congressional district or in key 2020 swing state. Like that's, but I think especially in the House, because I'm unsure procedurally, like let's say there is an impeachment vote in the House and it goes to the Senate. I don't know what the power, like what powers does Mitch McConnell have? I did see somebody say that, that the, the impeachment trial in the Senate would be presided over by just Chief Justice Roberts. I swear I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I am I admit this is one of my big failings in my constitutional knowledge is the not fully understanding exactly how impeachment works. But um, it, since this is certainly starting in the House and the House is going to be where a lot of this plays out, for me, the national polling on this, yes, it'll be interesting to look at trend lines, but overall, majority or not majority, there is less important to me than in these key districts where you had a number of these Democratic candidates who just won in 2018, who for a while had resisted the the, the kind of the quote unquote squad sort of calls for, hey, we need to be impeaching. And Speaker Pelosi had sort of stood in line to, and protected those members and said, no, we as leadership are not going to move forward with impeachment. Like, has did the dam break there because the members just decided, look, forget the politics of this, I, I think are ultimately going to come around to us, even if they're not with us now. So let's just do it. Or was it, I think it's the right thing to do, even though the politics aren't with us? Or is there really a belief that has something actually shifted in these districts where it is politically advantageous for the you know, Alyssa Slotkins of the world, people who did win for the first time in 2018 for them to take this position. I, I'm going to be interested to see any battleground district polling on this issue because that's where this is going to happen. Right. This is where it's going to be fought. Right. And, you know, are people moved by members taking mm-hmm. action, you know, as opposed to the other way around? And, you know, the other thing to re- remind folks, and these are not necessarily about impeachment, just about how people view the president. And this is from Navigator, but Quinnipiac asked, it also, um, you know, we had questions in Navigator, and this is from February. Do, do you think Trump lies more often than previous presidents? The majority said yes. You know, he lies more often than previous presidents. Um, you know, even Republicans are evenly divided on whether or not he lies more often than previous presidents. And, uh, you know, majority say, um, you know, he lies all the time to protect himself, that that's a message of people or a statement that people agree with, or that he's a compulsive liar. Majorities agreed with that. Quinnipiac asked questions in June. Do you think that Trump committed any crimes before he was president or don't you think so? A majority, every time they've asked it, said yes, they think he did. Then they've also asked, has he committed crimes while he has been president? Again, June, April, and March from this year, Evenly divided. People were evenly divided between, yes, he's committed crimes since he's been president, and no, he hasn't. And that's before all this. So I think these things are related. You know, you have questions about impeachment, yes or no. You have, you know, impeachment with some some reference to removal. That changes things. You have these questions about crimes and honesty, and that shows, you know, obviously really tough numbers for the president before we even get to this kind of new situation. Well, we'll certainly have a lot more interesting polling to check in on next week. You know, in this new format we've been doing, we've been trying to focus on a particular issue each week, but this is going to be an evolving situation. And so I expect even even if we have a different kind of standalone topic for our, our main 
show next week that this is something we're going to want to check back in on because um, I I would expect it to be a somewhat fast moving situation. And a week from now, we'll have um, some really interesting trend lines we can take a look at. Okay, so we'll take a break. And then we have, you know, some other stuff from YouGov. Maybe not quite as timely, but perhaps interesting. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, we're back. I, you know, I had this note in the script and it was just kind of a, a shout out into the world. Like, is there anything funny in the world? <laughs> Nobody, there was no response. And I'm like, well, I got to find something. There was no funny poll. There was no credit donkey. There was no like favorite Halloween costume poll or candy or whatever. So I had to go like, and I don't, we don't normally have to do this, like go and look for something not just kind of have the holidays or whatever, just random publicity sort of surface a poll for us. We had to go out and really look for something. And this was the best I could do. <laughs> People like their steaks and hamburgers. This was the best I could do in this kind of bleak time. And sort of like the banana poll there, it's color coded. You know, there's pictures to kind of help you figure out where you are. And I never even heard of blue rare. That was the most rare. That was considered blue rare for all the way to well. And I think I put myself in the medium to medium well category, which is, you know, not where a plurality are, but it's kind of in the, you know, robust side of where the bell curve is. The bell curve is sort of skewed toward well. Um, but, you know, not a, a quarter. So I guess it's a plurality just barely are where the president likes his steaks, which is well, that's how he likes his steaks. I know that I've seen, you know, Tom Satsima at the post talk about this. This is like a thing about how the president likes his steaks and well is where a quarter of Americans are. What did you think when you saw this? I feel like you, you might have very strong feelings about where you and everyone else should be. In I start. am stunned that we have found a poll question where the president's position is closer to Margie's <laughs> than mine. This is wild. This is wild. Yes. Uh, I am team. This is it. This I am is the team only time. medium rare. Uh, it, I don't, if I'm ordering like a cheeseburger or something like that, I'll go medium. I'll go a little higher up. But I just, I don't know. The idea of having a steak, anything higher than medium rare is like, I just feel like it would be chewy or dry. I just, I don't know. This is one of those things where I just can't fathom anybody having a different opinion than my own. <laughs> yeah, see, I 
I am very, I'm persuadable on this. Like I'm, I would never be, first of all, I don't even really eat a lot of meat. And I spent quite a few years being a vegetarian. Um, so it's, you know, so and I'm right now I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a pescatarian, but I, I don't really eat a lot of meat. I rarely, I'm almost never go to a restaurant and say, I'd like the steak, please. And then how do you like it? Oh, I have a very clear way of how I like that. That's not a thing that really happens to me. So, you know, I was initially kind of more medium well and well. And then over time, sort of thinking about like kind of how do you fully enjoy the taste of meat? Then, you know, then I think folks who have that position go a little bit, you know, closer to the medium rare area where you are. Um, You know, but it's just not something else. I feel like, you could, I could be convinced by a chef or someone else that like this in this particular time, here's how you should have this, you know, this particular cut, this particular moment and serving should be served this way. Although I have to say, I did have the impossible burger at an airport recently and it was so good. I was like, did they give me, I was like, is this really the impossible? I think they gave me a real burger by mistake. Like that, I was completely wow. Like totally fooled. And I was like, oh no, this is the impossible burger. That's what it's supposed to happen. Like I had this moment, like, how dare they give me this real meat burger instead? <laughs> I wanted an impossible burger. I am generally not, despite my Republican creds, I am not inherently anti-plant-based or science magic meat substitute. Like I'm not anti-meat substitutes generally. Um, I spent much of my freshman year of college microwaving Morningstar Farms chick nuggets, like convincing myself that they were healthier than actual chicken nuggets. I don't think they really were. Like I think if I actually looked at the ingredients, they're probably literally no better. Um, So I'm not like viscerally anti it but some some meat substitutes are better than others and some are an abomination so i'm glad to hear that the impossible burger um is something i might be able to get behind i've had it a couple places and they've always been kind of like a you know steaky place or whatever and it's they've been great i've had i had like a thin one someplace and then i had like the thick one and they are both great. Like I'm very happy when I see it, especially when I'm traveling for focus groups and, you know, you can't always get like, you know, your options are limited, but then to have a couple of times be surprised like, Oh, and we have impossible burger. It's really a huge treat. So anyway, I'm a fan. I think you just kind of get what you get. You don't get to pick like how you want your impossible burger cooked. Like that just arrives the way they make it. And that's the end. Um, but I just, that's my, that's my meat. That's my meat tip. Those are my meat tips basically. Um, what did we learn? I liked your joke. I don't think you made it about the stakes are high <laughs> or Trump stakes. Trump stakes come back into the news in a variety of ways. The stakes are high. It, that, that was my, that was my pun. I, is that it's yeah, okay. Good. It's okay. It's not full on Ariel Edwards Levy level good, but I tried. Yeah, no, that was good. I liked it. I, I mean, I, th- you know, that's, I think that's, uh, that sums the whole thing up pretty nicely. What's on the trend line this week? Uh, so this week we're just doing a best of show. We're going to air three of my past interviews that were uh, some of my favorites. I'm, we're going to re-air my interview with Peter Suderman from Reason Magazine about the politics of video games. 
I'm going to re-air my interview with Tim Alberta, author of American Carnage, about his findings on um, the GOP. And this coming weekend, I'm going to be down at the Texas Tribune Festival on a panel with him talking about the Trump GOP. Um, So if you're going to be down at Texas Trump Fest, come say hi. And then... um, Likely to re-air one of my interview blocks from last week where I talked about millennials and uh, labor unions. So it'll be a, a full show of some of our my more like evergreen conversations. Fantastic. All right. Well, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter at, at The Pollsters, individually at, at Margie O'Mero and at K. Soltis Anderson. Find us where fine podcasts are sold. And if you have not written a review and you have the time. 20 it. or 30 seconds. Oh my gosh. We, it warms my heart so much when I see reviews come in, especially if they're five-star reviews. Um, we do take and welcome um, positive, uplifting feedback. Feedback um, is a gift. Feedback is a gift. Unless you're telling me to be Phyllis Schlafly, in which case no, I'm going gift. to repeatedly disappoint you. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I, I will continue to <laughs> But nonetheless, uh, so that's where you can find us. Great. Thanks. Bye.